With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time to take a ride on the Steelers afternoon drive with our co-hosts, Alan Saunders and Zachary Smith. Welcome into another episode of Steelers Afternoon Drive. I'm Zachary Smith. That is Alan Saunders. Alan, what is going on? Zach, uh, in light of today's uh, Time Person of the Year article, uh, is there any singer that you would like to call out for not dating you? I'm just going to throw this out here. I mean, is there anybody? Yeah, yeah, do a Lipa. Thought that you need to say, you know, it's BS that they've been ignoring you all these years. Um, mm-hmm. Go, go for yeah. it. Yeah, if, if Dua Lipa somehow, if this comes across her timeline at all or anything like that, uh, check the Instagram DMs. There's, there's going to be plenty of content there for you to read from me. Um, so, yeah, th- that's 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 who I'm. I actually saw that she tweeted her phone number today. So, yeah, you, that made me think of it. Yeah, so you can you can text her an, a copy of this episode. <laughs> there we go. What's up? <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, and uh, and see. See what happens. There we go. Hey, I'm, hey. There we go. Uh, I, I see the now. Power I'm, I'm looking, the power of podcast. The power of She is. She's currently uh, with this Roman guy or Romaine. I'm not sure how this is pronounced. Romaine Gavros. Uh, just started dating this year, so obviously not that serious. So I, I don't know. I mean, we could do something about that. But anyway, I, yeah, that's I, my number one. I, I think you've got a shot. I think you've got a shot. Yeah, I don't know if you saw that that post tweet no i can't do it i tried to say post it didn't work out that tweet um women want real podcasters these days that's yeah here we are here we are um 
Alan, I that none of what it has nothing to do with him being a tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs. It's because yeah. of his podcast. Right, absolutely. And nothing that we've said in this first two minutes has anything to do with the Pittsburgh Steelers either. Um, we are getting there. Don't worry. So stick around with this audience. But uh, let's talk about some injury updates first and foremost. The injury report literally coming out right before we pressed record here. Uh, obviously, Kenny Pickett rolled out. James Pierre rolled out as well. Four players listed as questionable in Isaac Samalo, Landon Roberts, Najee Harris, Mason Cole. Maybe some varying degrees when you look at those four players on what side of questionable they are on for this game, though. Yeah, I mean, James Pierre, I, I saw him in the locker room the other day, and he needed, like, a trainer to help him take his shirt off. I can't believe yeah. that he was playing through that. Kind of incredible, though he hasn't had a snap on defense in a couple weeks now, so it's just been special teams. I'd expect Darius Rush uh, to get a hat there, and I think he's looked good when he's played, so that's not a huge mm-hmm. loss. Um, Harris, I, I don't understand because I saw him yesterday and he looked fine. I, I, I didn't expect that he would miss practice today. So that really, I think, you know, muddies the waters there. Um, I'm not sure what's wrong or, or why, uh, but that's concerning that this was the only real practice of the week for the Steelers this week. They had a walkthrough yesterday. We're off on Monday that he didn't he didn't suit up in it. That's uh, It's hard to see him playing. Isaac Samalo, I think the same thing, you know, Probably you you know anytime a veteran player gets hurt, yeah, it's a short week. You kind of assume like if he couldn't finish the game, it's hard to see him suiting up in this game. And I I think that about Sayamalu. On the other hand, Elaine Roberts was able to practice today, and um, I don't know. Maybe he. I mean, he did like try to continue with that groin injury. Maybe it's not that bad that he will be able to give it a go. I guess we'll see. Um, probably a little more hopeful there. And then Mason Cole, who finished the game, is also listed mm-hmm. as questionable, but usually when a guy finishes a game, you think he'll probably be able to play in the next one. So I would say pretty confident in Cole, and then less so going down that list. Okay. Yeah, Cole was the one that I was going to, other than obviously Najee because of him talking yesterday. You mentioned he had a compression a little compression thing on his knee or whatever, but like fully expected yesterday during our conversation that that wasn't going to be a big deal and thought he would practice today. But the Mason Cole one to me is re- really where it gets muddied because like, obviously if Sam Allo is going to be out, you think, okay, Herbig steps in there. But then if you're also missing Mason Cole, what does that do to the offensive line? Spencer Anderson, I would assume then would play at guard um, or maybe Roderick Jones moves inside. Like, I, I don't know. Like oh, that, wow. Yeah. I mean, I like I don't think at that point that there's much question that like Chooks of Court for is a better offensive lineman than Spencer Anderson is right now. It's just like how how much has I and Roderick Jones played like at least some snaps of guard in, in training camp, but like not much. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's an idea. I think at that point you're you're hoping for ideas, right? Because um Spencer Anderson seventh round draft pick is very versatile lineman knows all five positions but I mean I don't think is a guy that anybody's been like chomping at the bit to see in terms of like future potential or anything like that so I would I would at least entertain some other ideas but I I would assume that Cole is gonna play yeah yeah um as far as the Najee Harris thing goes, I want to bring this up to you because not that I want him to miss the game. Obviously, I don't think a lot of the fa- I don't think fans want him to miss the game either. But there is definitely a lot of intrigue in what Jalen Warren would look like with a full workload. Do you share that intrigue, and how do you think it would go? Like, is he that type of runner that can take on that type of workload? 
I mean, I don't know. I guess we're going to find out, right? I mean, I think it's interesting to find out. I don't think you want to this way. And I believe that the um, some of the parts will be greater uh, when you have both of them in there. I really do think they complement each other very well. And I think any running game with either one or the other would do worse, not better. Um, but, you know, it'll be interesting to see how Jalen responds to a bigger workload. If, if and, and I think it's probably safe to assume at this point that even if Najee Harris does play, that Jalen Warren is going to get a bigger workload just because he's practiced and Najee hasn't, right? I mean, there's going to be stuff that they put in for this game that they worked on that Najee hasn't worked on. Like, you, you know, so I, I would assume that at this point, no matter who plays, that this will probably be the first time we see the reps tilted towards 30 uh, and, and instead of more closer to 50-50. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and if you look at the other side of this on the Patriots side, you know, no shortage of players on their injury list as well. Demario Douglas from Andre Street, Stevenson, Tayshawn Booty all out. Devontae Parker, old friend, Juju Smith-Schuster, questionable. Uh, Riley Reef and Sean Wade are out. Trent Brown and Christian Barmore are questionable on the, in that side. Yeah, I mean, I think we kind of knew Stevenson, right? I mean, that was pretty wide. Yeah, the mm -hmm. issues of wide receiver, I think, have, have gone a little bit less talked about. Uh, and really, I mean, if Juju doesn't play, there's really, I mean, I, I who who then becomes our top wide receiver? Like, I mean, it's it, it really, I mean, not that the Patriots don't have quarterback problems because they certainly do, but like, I think it's been a little bit untalked about how like. Like Tyquan Thornton is the only healthy and they have Jalen Rager. Yeah, Jalen Rager. Like that, those are the only fully healthy guys there. Like, yee, uh, you know, uh, that's not a very deep unit. So, I mean, I, I think this this New England Patriots offense has a lot of problems, but uh, certainly being injured isn't helping. Yeah, absolutely. That Stevenson injury looked. Uh, I'm surprised it was even like somewhat up. In yeah, the like way. I like, thought, like I, it was like a for sure. The second we saw the injury, there was no chance he was playing in this game. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would 100% agree with that. But looking at this matchup, Alan, it raises the question. You you wrote this as part of an article that you put out. You know, you look at the Steelers' position right now, and again, every time that they lose a football game, it's like the sky is falling right now. Still kind of feels that way. They lost to the Cardinals at home by multiple possessions. Uh, it probably doesn't get, like, lower in terms of the feeling right now surrounding the team, despite being 7-5. and five. So would you rather be in that position, still very much battling for a playoff spot in the thick of things, granted again, you know, without your starting quarterback, all these other injuries that they've had to endure, or where the Patriots are, you know, very much looking like the team that's going to pick in the top five with so many questions surrounding them, you know, from obviously a roster construction standpoint, but also the future of head coach, as crazy that seems to say with Bill Belichick. Yeah, I kind of wrote this today, like, for all the Steelers' problems, there's nothing that the Patriots have that they would trade for what the Steelers. I mean, you know, like, would you rather be two and ten than seven and five right now when you're struggling? Like, no. Like, I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. Like, I, I mean, maybe the Patriots are going to get to draft Caleb Williams or Drake May, uh, but like we've seen time and time again that that is not like. I, I think there is uh, some portion of the Steelers fan base that has grown a bit tired with being in the middle and i understand yeah. that mm -hmm. um but i mean how many times do you have to watch the cleveland browns draft first and screw it up to realize that that is not a golden ticket that like the, the sure. just because you draft high and just because you take that high quarterback it doesn't i mean like it, it's it's no sure thing there's no like there's no sure thing look at the carolina panthers this year 
this year. Like you don't have to go back all the history. This year, the you know the first quarterback, the number one pick, he stunk. Like he's been awful. Like and and I you know like it doesn't. It's not a magic uh, solution to be bad. And there are plenty of teams that get down there and stay down there for years and years and years. And uh, I thought it's another. I saw this on Twitter. Would you? Would you rather have Mike Tomlin or Bill Belichick as your head coach right now? That's a very interesting <laughs> question. Yeah, it is. Um, see, the, the the thing with Belichick to me has always been being able to separate the head coach from the talent evaluator. I think there's a lot of questions about his evaluation process and the drafting that they've done recently that I question more than the, the on-field coaching. Um, man, I'm going to get burned for this either way in the comments. I, I might say Tomlin. I think I would too, right? Like, I think part of it for me is just age. You know, I, I think sure. I feel yeah. more like both when you're talking about two coaches that are both obviously separated from their success by both years and personnel. You know, Brady's not coming back, Ben's not coming back. Their, their success has been, you know, it's, what the Patriots have been in the playoffs. Both teams, I think, have been in the playoffs once since 2020 or 2019, something like that. Like, I mean, I think they're they're in pretty similar spots as teams until this year when the Patriots have really bottomed out. But, like, Tomlin is in his 50s, and Belichick is in his 70s. Like, I think there's – to me, I have a lot more faith. And that's one of the reasons why I think I personally am very hesitant to, like, give up on Mike Tomlin as a coach is that, like, people say, like, oh, well, it's very uncommon for a coach to have, like, this many years between Super Bowl wins – it's very uncommon for a coach to be with a team right. this long and find success. And that's true. However, it was a historical outlier when the Steelers both hired Mike Tomlin at his age, and then he had that six. He's the youngest head coach to ever win a Super Bowl. So if somebody is going to have a long time between Super Bowls in their career, it's going to be the guy who was the youngest when he won it. Like, yeah, no, Tony Dungy didn't win another Super Bowl 14 years after he won his first one at 64. Well, that's not shocking. You know, like, I, I just think that, like, we got to, you got to yeah. take into account the people here. I, I think Tomlin's age and, like, Let's be like Mike Tomlin is a fairly with it 50 something. Like, this is a guy that is an active, engaged, vibrant personality. Like, he's not at all looked like a man or act like a man that is checked out and is sort of has been passed by by the league. I, I don't see that at all. So, I think that's one of the reasons why I feel like uh, it would be foolish for the Steelers to like just assume that Mike Tomlin can't do it at this point. Um, but I, I have a lot of, I, I don't know. I feel like if I'm the Patriots, like, do you think he's going to be back next year? And if you're the Patriots, would you want him back? No, I think one way or another, they find a way to part ways with it being as cordial as possible. Whether, you know, if he still wants to coach, I, I don't know if that's going to be the case or not. But I, I think that you find a way to, you know, maybe maybe recoup a draft pick or something for him. I, I, I don't know what you do. It's going to be very weird because the other part of this, too, and I mentioned like the, the GM stuff is like right now, I think you need to bring in somebody, even if Belichick is staying on as the coach to take that aspect of things away, because that has clearly not been that's been a broken part of the Patriots process for several years now is the way that they draft. I just don't think they've drafted very well. And I think it's also the part of the process that has caused the most conflict between him and ownership. And here's another yeah. big difference between Mike Tomlin and, and Bill Belichick. First of all, Bill Belichick is kind of a jerk. Like he, he does not ever 
make two bones about being kind of a jerk. But when you're kind yeah. of a jerk and you go two and ten, people turn on you. Like that is the thing that happens. Um, I don't see Bill Belichick getting the sort of personal rope that Mike Tomlin is gonna get. Mike Tom, like like people talk about like, oh, why do the national media love Mike Tomlin and the Steelers fans hate him? Well, it's because Mike Tomlin is a likable person. Like that, that is a big reason for it. Like I yeah. Bill Belichick is not. So I think you see that, but also Bill Belichick fought for and demanded a level of absolute control in that franchise. When things go wrong, there is no one else to point to. Like he is the cause of all of their problems. Mike Tomlin can look at this team and be like, I didn't build it. I helped, but like, this was a collaborative process. Like our yeah. Rooney is involved. Kevin Colbert was involved. Omar Khan was involved even before he was a general manager. Like the Steelers build their team with a team and they fail as a team. And I think that makes it a lot harder to single out Mike Tomlin. Like, Oh, it's all your fault. Like it, it's not like it. Like I, I really look at the collection of talent of these two teams. And when you look and say what happened, right. And the Steelers, you can be like, well, look, some salary cup stuff wasn't great. Uh, you know, they, their star players retired. They had to rebuild. We'll see how they're doing it on offense. Obviously, they were able to do it well on defense. Like, there's good and bad, and you can point to a lot of different reasons and a lot of different people for those reasons. I, but the Patriots, it ultimately just all falls to Belichick. There is no one else. Right. Hey, add Andy Weidel, who, you know, did yeah, the draft right. board for the Steelers this year to the mix as well. But that that brings up a good point just in terms of like it, it put in my mind, too, as you were mentioning, you know, the drafting, how many people not even just drafting for agency, how, how people are brought in the roster construction aspect of things. I, I'm all here for arguments in terms of can the Steelers win another Super Bowl with Mike Tomlin? I get it. Like talking about what the ceiling of them under a Mike Tomlin is. But one thing that I will argue as well and i'm curious as to your take on this i think they have a significantly higher floor with him as the head coach and they've continued to prove that when you look at the rosters that he's gotten to at least 500 and that's why i look at that as you know again he doesn't want to talk about it he hates when people bring it up him not having a losing season but i think that's more indicative of that him being able to elevate the team's floor again i'm all for your here for the arguments of can they win a super bowl but i don't think that that can really be argued yeah, I know. I don't think it can be argued at all. I think that, I mean, I think that's evident. In fact, like, you know, and, and again, I guess, I guess the question is, is what is the value of that? Not whether he does. I mean, I think him doing it is clear. Like there's no yeah. question that the single biggest reason that Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season is Mike Tomlin. Like, no, no doubt in my mind. Like you can say that, yes, he had Ben Roethlisberger for the early part of his career. And that obviously played a lot into it. He inherited a very good team when he was a young head coach from, from Bill Cowher. And, and, and that definitely played a part in it as well. But if you look at what he did in 19, um, what he did last year, like these have been some bad football teams that Mike Tomlin has gotten to 500. There is no question that a big part of that is Mike Tomlin. I think the question is, what is that really worth to the Steelers? And is being where the Steelers are better than if they had just taken that 2019 team, not traded for Minka Fitzpatrick, and been mm -hmm. god awful? Like, would they, would, if they had started whatever, like every bad player they could find, sat all the stars down, and just tanked out the 19 season? Would they have been better off for doing that? I'm not sure. Like, I, it, it depends, obviously, on what you do with those draft picks. And I don't think that end career Kevin Colbert was doing a necessarily very good job with the resources he was given. Right. 
The Steelers 2020 draft stunk. The Steelers 2021 draft was criminal. Like they they're like there's there's no I I don't see that playing out that way, but I guess you can make an argument there. Yeah. Well, that that last point was kind of if you remember somebody asked us on YouTube uh, a couple weeks ago what the difference was you know, if anything, between their evaluation process now, as opposed to those last few years of Kevin Colbert. And and yeah, listen, I mean, with, with giving him all credit for what he accomplished in his career, I was not a fan of the end of Kevin Colbert's career with the way that they went about the drafts. It seemed like they were maybe, and I don't even know that the evaluation process was good, but it seemed like certainly their philosophy was throwing all chips in on the last few years of Ben Roethlisberger when he drafted a running back in the first round just to try to accomplish the fact uh, or you know, improve on the fact that you were dead last in the NFL without really improving the offensive line at all. Just thinking you can plug in a running back yeah, I, that leaves a lot to be desired, in my opinion. Yeah, I thought the process was poor. I said it at the time. I thought the the trade up for Devin Bush was bad. Yeah, like there yeah. was a lot. That, there was a lot there that did not go well. And so, and again, like in New England, I think their drafts have been bad. But you can't blame anyone other than Bill Belichick in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Like, it like. Who's to say that with better drafting and not just like, and look, Mike Tomlin's involved in the draft process. I'm not absolving him of this. Like if you're really mad that the Steelers picked Najee Harris over uh, uh, Travis Etienne or Kenny Pickett over, well, actually there really wasn't another good quarterback in that class. So I don't know, but like, yeah, I guess. Brock Purdy all the way down the seventh round. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. So like, Okay, but like that, sure, that's probably Tomlin. But like, it's not like Tomlin who is responsible for the knowledge that, like, hey, running back position being historically valued across the NFL because, like, it takes a good offensive line to have a good running back. And by the way, you don't have the first half of that equation. So you are throwing away this draft pick by using it on Najee Harris. Like, that's not Mike Tomlin's job. He's a coach. Like, that is, like, he's supposed to be like, yes, I like this guy. I can work with him. I think he can be a good running back in the NFL. And, and I don't think that's, that's all true about Najee Harris, right? The problem was the process, like the, the 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 lack of understanding about what was going on around the league and the way that things were being valued and the way it lined up with the Steelers roster. And and, and I think you're right. I think Belichick needs help. And I don't think he's mm-hmm. has the ego that and it's funny too, because I think a lot of Steelers fans have this idea that Mike Tomlin has to like has this fragile ego where he has to be the smartest guy in the room. It's like, no, you, the new England Patriots are structured like a team that has someone that has to be the smartest guy in the room because he is in control of everything. And he runs everything. Mike Tomlin operates within a team concept that is he's ceding lots of control to other people. That's not how people with big egos that have to be the smartest guy in the room are willing to operate. Like, I don't know. I think it's a very interesting contrast here. Uh, I think it's, the only interesting thing about this football game. (laughs) (laughs) I I agree. Uh, You know, Albert Breer brought up three scenarios on Rich Eisen's show for New England and and Bill Belichick, but basically all of them end up with him parting because it's like you bring in somebody like a GM, you know, another person in power to maybe take that away from him. The other one was like, clearly the defense still playing well under Bill Belichick, which is his side of the football, but the offense. So then you bring in like an offensive mind, but is he okay with that power struggle? So like, some way something has to give here where bill belichick is losing some power in some way shape or form and at that point does he just walk away yeah and here's another interesting thought is that maybe the answer to that question is is neither like maybe the answer to that question is like 
you need an offensive minded head coach to have success in the current version of the national football league, or at the very yeah. least you need a head coach that has an elite offensive coordinator with him. If he's not that. And I don't think that, well, I mean, we know the Steelers don't, but I don't think that neither of these, the, the very, the, the best commonality between these two guys is their offensive coordinator hires haven't been very good recently. And yeah. they're well, kind of head coaches. Going back to the beginning of the season, somebody asked that, and this was on around the four one two, but we had somebody ask us if we thought Mike Tomlin could still, be the coach of a Super Bowl winning team and both of our answers Tyler and I's was not the way that the Steelers are currently constructed because we don't think that they have a good enough offensive mind in that room to pair with Mike Tomlin to be able to do so yeah I agree and I think it's clear the Patriots don't have that either and you know the other interesting thing about the success of this New England defense and now I'm gonna give Belichick credit they don't have yeah. any good players like where who's the star yeah. of this New England defense yeah they lost Judon I mean the one guy that should be yeah right like yeah. that I mean, there's nobody over there that's like, no, you know, making offensive players shaking their boots, like in terms of the talent level. It's very clear mm -hmm. that the X's and O's are still elite in terms of Belichick running this defense. I think there's still something there for people to latch. Like, if you're, um, I'm gonna try, like, probably not Carolina because Tepper's a maniac, but like, uh, you know, like, let's say you're, uh, I'm, I'm trying to, to, to spitball a good fit here. Uh, let's say you're the Chargers, okay, and you're gonna fire uh a Staley. I think you could make a case to hire Bill Belichick and say he's not gonna be the GM, and he's gonna bring in I don't know Kubiak as his offensive coordinator. We'll steal him from San Francisco, okay? Like, I think yeah, I you could sell me on that, right? Is like Kubiak hey, and Herbert. I'm already on board. This could work, right? You got the guy to fix your quarterback. You got a guy and a head coach that's going to fix our defense. He's not going to be the GM, so he's not going to ruin our drafts like he did New England. Like I could get on board with that. I'm not sure mm -hmm. that I can with the way New England's currently structured. Yeah, no, absolutely not. I, I am so fascinated by what New England does after the season because, like, again, they're probably going to be picking top five. Do they let Belichick make that pick? I don't know with the way that he's drafted lately. Um, Drake May we did get will look great in the New England Patriots uniform. <laughs> he is a fantastic quarterback, and I think yeah, I don't want that to happen. But yeah, also like immediately got to rip that jersey off Mac Jones. Just Drake May wears number ten. So yeah, just that's boom. great. In fact, you can like have people turn them in for new nameplates. You don't even have to. <laughs> yeah. Um, we did get a question from YouTube I wanted to bring up because, you know, one thing that we talked about from Sunday's game that you weren't a fan of was the Steelers play sequencing. You know, it, yeah. they would have a successful first down run and then kind of shoot themselves in the foot with what they did on second down and then, you know, setting up a bad third down. Then they weren't able to convert on third down. But somebody asked if you could kind of elaborate on that and, and you know, expand on what you meant by the sequencing of the plays. Yeah. So when I'm talking about sequencing, what I mean is like, does the first down play play into the defense's response to the second down play. And like, I just didn't see that a lot where like, let me go through the play sheet here. The Steelers started out this game with a, with a really nice script. And that's something we hammered Matt Canada for. And I think mm -hmm. really that Mike Sullivan deserves a lot of credit for this first drive, right? It was, you know, start out throwing the ball, George Pickens, then a nine yard run to Najee. Okay. Then you're back to the air, back to Pickens. Okay. Then, then another Najee run for five yards. And then they get to second and five. Okay. And they're at the Arizona 11 and they throw two times and kick a field goal. 
So like, I felt like they were doing good, and then they got to the red zone part of their play sheet. They got off the script, and then things fell apart. Second drive, seven-yard run for Najee Harris on first down. Throw on second and three. Kenny can't find anybody. He runs away. There was two guys wide open, Deontay and Najee. It was bad quarterback mm-hmm. by Kenny. Third down, bad shotgun snap by Mason Cole. Punt. Like, it's a missed opportunity to count. What every offensive coordinator dreams of in their sleep is like, please, guys, give me the second and short. I've got so many good ideas. Yeah. Short. Second and short can't be your worst down. Like, that's got to be your best down. Like, you've got to make people pay for get, for letting you get the second and short. And the Steelers screwed it up over and over again in this game. Like, that's, to me, that's an indictment of play calling. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I agree. I mean, I was, I was confused and we talked about it like this doesn't necessarily like the sequencing of things, but there wasn't a point in this game until like very late where the Steelers were totally out of it enough where they had to go away from the run. And I just felt like they did for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah. Especially early. They were hammering Arizona early in the run, but they were still throwing like half the time. I didn't quite understand it. And uh, you know, I, I, I didn't think it worked out. I thought the script was good, but then like then the script was balanced and that was okay. But Man, when mm-hmm. you see you're ripping off seven, eight, nine yard runs, like I think you got to keep going to it a little bit harder than that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then Kevin Brocious here, real quick as well, um, brought up you know offensive line stuff and kind of getting into the off season, which I don't know if we want to do yet. But which 2024 center or right tackle was appealing? Uh, assuming that the Steelers were to move Jones back to left tackle, should we even be making that assumption though about Broderick Jones moving to left tackle? No, and I also don't think that you need to draft a tackle for a side either like yeah the best tackle doesn't matter like figure it out um i think center you know back to the positional you know discussion if you're taking a center in the first round he better be an all pro like i like that yeah that, that's the ball i mean you know creed humphrey didn't go in the first round like yeah it's yeah 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 he maybe should have um <laughs> He should have, but I'm just saying. I think that Creed Humphrey probably should have gone in the first round. Uh, I mean, if that's redrafted right now, absolutely. Like, where do you think that he, he goes is an all pro? Like, that is what you want. Yeah. Like, that is the kind of guy that you pick as a center in the first round. Um, I think there's a. I think it's a good center class. I, I do. It's not that deep. Like, there aren't like five or six of them. But I think it is a. That's I what I was gonna say. I think it's like four that go on day two. Like yes. Yes, I, I really like the center class. Um, Cedric Van Pran from Georgia, Zach Frazier from West Virginia, uh, Jackson Powers Johnson from Oregon, and Graham Barton from Duke, I think are probably all day two picks. And I think we'll all be basically plug and play starters. Guys that'll play maybe not week one their rookie year, but like pretty much will be able to play pretty early and be longtime starters at the center position. And I think the Steelers absolutely need to find a way to make sure they get one of those guys. Tackle's tough, though, because the Steelers are not going to be drafting high in the first round. So when you're late in the first round, you're looking at guys with problems. And, and, you know, sometimes there's good value there and sometimes there isn't. It's just a lot how the – I think it's a little bit too early to really say how the draft is going to fall to really determine whether – the value for tackle will be there for the Steelers in the first round or not. However, they also need a corner and it's an extremely deep corner class. Maybe not as deep as last year because that was sort of historic, but it's, it's a good yeah. deep corner class again. And I think they'll be able to find one of those if they want one too. 
Yeah. Barton out of Duke, the center is the one that's kind of been rising. Um, here's I've seen a ton of Dane buzz about him. talking him up the other day, which means yeah. he will now be the favorite of every Twitter draft pick <laughs> forever. Yeah. yeah. I saw a lot of the guys that, uh, Rubler is like their patron saying, I don't know. I think Dane does a good job. I just, I think we can disagree a little bit more and not have so much group think. Um, I really think that Frazier to me fits the mold of a Pittsburgh Steelers center the way they've traditionally played the position the best. And then he's a butt kicker and he's a bad yeah. at. And like, I think that's like, he is not as athletic as um, Marquise Pouncey was, uh, but he is as tough as Marquise Pouncey was. And I think that's what the Steelers generally have valued at the center position. Van Brand is the athlete. He's, he's much more mm -hmm. athletic like Pouncey, but I don't think he has that, uh, I don't think he has that mindset. I haven't seen it anyway. I don't, I don't know him. Obviously, I don't never, but I will get to know him through the senior bowl and the combine. And we got all that coming up, man. I'm starting to, it's starting to bubble up in the brain, the, uh, the off season, but uh, we got a lot of good football ahead of us. But uh, yeah, I, I don't think Sam Van Prant is, um, is, is as tough maybe as, as uh, some of those other guys. Okay. Greg Nugent from Michigan is another one that P I hear people talk about. I haven't really watched him enough to have like a strong opinion about him though. Yeah. This was a nice little tease for what the conversations are going to be like, you know, as we get towards that time of year, but yeah, still very much in the thick of things here at seven and five. Uh, Alan, tell the people where they can find you. At a Saunders underscore PGH on Twitter, PGH Steelers. Now Steelers now.com uh, Steelers now plus use promo code Alan 10, get 10% off. At least until the end of the year. I don't know. We'll see how long we can keep that going. And then uh, like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. That's it. There we go. I will echo the like and subscribe and also tell you to hit that notification bell so you don't miss when a new episode of this is posted, pregame stouts posted, any of the sights and sound stuff, all the video content put up on the YouTube page here. Also, leave us a comment down below, ask us questions, comment on anything that we talked about during today's episode. If you were listening somewhere else, whether it's Apple, Spotify, etc., etc., leave us a five star review over there as well. I'm Zachary Smith, PGH for Alan Saunders and myself. Thanks for jumping in and take another ride on the Steelers afternoon drive. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.